That's just chopped and screwed. Is that lean music? Wait, what's that? <laughs> so that's chopped and screwed, that lean music. Lean as in codeine. It's a Houston genre of rap. Started in the early 90s, where they would slow down songs and cut out parts of them and to remix them, and it was called Chopped and Screwed, because I believe it was DJ Screw came up with it, and he was heavy into lean. So okay. Wait, so uh, wait, are you saying lean like L E A N? Yeah, that's a that's a street term for coding. All of this, you could be making up all of this, or it could be absolutely be true. <laughs> because I'm, I'm, not, I'm, wait, I'm not the only one here that knows what lean is, right? Uh... You guys are fucking old. <laughs> Get the fuck <laughs> off. Figure this out now. Get the fuck off my internet. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. I feel like you knew going in, you're the youngest one out of here. I know, but like, lean is... I don't... Oh, I'm gonna God. play my vanilla white boy from the suburbs card on this one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like, I fully fit that box. Oh, I showered three times today for this. Super friends, uh, it's Brian here. Uh, I'm popping in for a short little announcement. Uh, as I was editing the episode, it, it struck home that this is episode 198. Uh, so it kind of hit me maybe a little bit harder that there's only two episodes left before we hit to 200. So maybe I should be a little bit more clear on, on what we're trying to do. Um, I know I've been trying to tease some stuff at the end of the last couple episodes, but haven't really told you what or, or what's going on. So with only two episodes left, I wanted to get a little bit more details out there so you can sort of plan accordingly. Uh, so all teasing aside, for the, the 200th episode of the show, we are going to do a live recording. Um, and probably in the past when we've talked about, you know, quote-unquote live recordings, that usually meant just for, you know, us as a group to, to sort of be in the same room when we're recording for a change since we typically do all of our stuff remotely. Uh, so this time, when I'm talking about live, uh, we're actually going to broadcast the show on Twitch. So if you are interested, you can go to Twitch, you can find my page, and sort of watch us do our thing. Uh, the fun part with Twitch will be that if you know you want to interact with us as we're recording, there is a chat room, so you'll be able to sit, you know, submit questions or or comments or something as we're going that we can react to in real time and and you know talk to you as we're as we're recording the show. So it'll be a, a fun little experiment to, I think, see how it goes. Um, Bradley's been trying to get me to do this for, for years, and I keep keep putting it off. There's there's something about being able to edit and put a finished product up that I, that I, I guess, having that more control over. Live shows scare the shit out of me. So I, you know, just from a technical standpoint, anything could go wrong, and then you're left trying to fix it as people are watching you try to fix it. And if it doesn't work, then, then the whole thing's screwed. So at least if that happens when we record like normal, we can iron out the e details. I can put out the finished product later. You have no idea of the technical issues or anything else that's screwed up, but so it's a risk we're, we're going to try and see how this goes. Um, if it's something that's fun 
And if you guys enjoy it, uh, we can try to find more excuses to do it. Maybe some specific episodes or something uh, to get it out there more. So, you know, give us the feedback during or after however this goes. Um, as for some specifics, right now we're eyeing up the last weekend of September. So that would be either Friday the 25th or Saturday Saturday the 26th. Um, aiming to start somewhere around 7 or 7.30 Eastern. Uh, I know it's not that specific. There's still some wiggle room there. Um, I'm hoping by the time we record the next episode, I can tell you exactly the day and time that we are planning. Um, once we nail down the details, I will be posting the information on our Facebook and Twitter accounts. So I'll send reminders out there too. Um, another thing, I guess if you want to now, you can. Um, you can follow me on Twitch at uh, Jedi Braggy, J E D I. B-R-Y-G-U-Y. Um, so if you follow me there, you should get an email notification whenever I go live. So if you miss one of the announcements, you forget when we're going live, uh, at least on the day, once I hit the button to, to turn the broadcast on, you'll get an email notification saying we are live. So you can pop in then, you can pop in later. I'm sure it'll go for a couple hours. And, you know, hopefully if you follow me and... and for the Twitch notifications and stuff like that, emails and stuff like that. I don't want to bombard people with notifications, but if you follow me, hopefully you enjoy watching some video game stuff. Cause I have been trying to stream through Twitch, some video game stuff. So you'll get, you know, email notifications every time I go live. So I don't want to spam you, but at the same time, if you follow me, I just want to at least let you know what you're in for. Um, and don't worry if you, if you miss the 200th when we do it live, it's not gone. Uh, we are going to be recording it as normal. The, the live broadcast is going to be in addition to, what normally goes out. So if you want to watch us on the day, you can do that. Otherwise, maybe, you know, sometime the following week, I will have the the episode edited and put it out as normal. And actually, even along with the episode that's going to go out as normal, Twitch keeps the, the broadcast for a month, maybe two, uh, something like that. So, I mean, it eventually, I think, goes away. But it's for at least a month, it'll be there uh, to watch. So um, if you wanted to actually just watch the broadcast, you can go back and, and come to my Twitch page and, and the broadcast will be there in the past videos section and stuff like that. So you have two options, I guess, if you miss it, you can listen to the regular episode as we, you know, the edited portion that I will put up later, or you can watch the raw video of the live broadcast that we put up that should include the, the chat room there. So anybody that was commenting live, uh, it'll all be there in the past broadcast. Um, I do have a topic in mind for the show. Uh, sort of keeping it to myself for the time being. I mean, the guys know what we're, what we're planning on doing, but for listener standpoint, I'll, I'll try to tease that and sort of announce it closer to the day. Um, but I am trying to, to include some trivia questions during the discussion. Uh, so if you watch us live, you can play along with us in the chat. Uh, you know, it could be something fun to see. Maybe if the chat, whoever's in chat knows more or answers the questions more correctly than, than the guys, we could, we could try to pit, the the podcasters against the the chat room and see see who does better it could be a fun little game um i guess as of right now we've been recently pretty good at getting episodes out like every week uh but since there's only two episodes between now and the end of september i will probably be spacing out then like after this one it might be like another two weeks before or a week and a half before uh we get to 199 which is our bloodshot episode um, so I'm trying to, you know, not put one out too early where it's a big gap between 199 and 200. So somewhere, somewhere in this month, middle of this month, 
our, our rewind theater for bloodshot will come out. Um, although Ian suggested I, I start after 199, just skip to 201 and then come back to 200 whenever we do the live show. So, that, I mean, that's an option if something comes in that we want to fit in before the end of the month. Although I think numbering the episodes like that will probably drive me crazy. So, but if it needs done, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll suck it up. Um, all right. I think I've made this short announcement long enough. Uh, so as always, uh, if you have any questions, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. And for now, uh, we'll get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and his Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is someone who is hidden away in an undisclosed bunker somewhere as he tries to avoid the Noid, Andy Stoles. What's up, podcast people? And also we have a tenure-track professor at Hogwarts Department of Muggle Media, Josh Zorch. You're getting good. I, I cannot you... lay claim to these. I had help on these. I, I, whatever source you're using, it's 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 paying off. <laughs> it's Leslie. It's not Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, also, he's been trying out a new world, as the one we live in is currently on fire. Ike Radley. <laughs> Wait, <I> missed the <laughs> M and <laughs> in, in the B. And that was a callback to I... a while ago for anyone that remembers that <laughs> intro. From... <laughs> um, I'd also like to point out: Have you still not figured out what the Noid is, or did you actually look it up? Uh, no, I don't think I ever looked it up at the time. No. So yeah, I'm still. It's Domino's Pizza, man. It's it's an ad from like forever ago. Oh yeah, see, I probably wouldn't have got that. It's right. yeah, outdated, okay. outdated reference for me. It was a video game. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't remember. Oh, the that Commodore either. 64. It, yeah, that's way above. No, nothing. Mm. And finally, our last guest. He's our anime correspondent and all-around general weirdo, Ian Leidick. Do you like googly eyes? Do you like Lord Holio? Do you like that and other fun jokes? Well, go to leonoprob.com for one simple payment of $40. You can take my improv class where you can astound your friends and weird out people on the internet. <laughs> and if you use the code right now, B-G-S-F-P-D, you get the special one-time price. For, for just $400, you get 10 sessions. Damn. It's a good deal. It is. One session for 40, 10 for 400. <laughs> You've all got to lock in that price. Yeah. It just goes up, I'm sure. <laughs> Find out eventually once people start booking it. Can I use it. Steam points for any of that? No, we take um, credit cards only. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's probably not the best segue into what we're going to open with, but we're going to go there anyway. Uh, before we get to our actual topics for the episode, we figured we had to talk about something that uh, kind of caught us all off guard last week, which was the surprising passing of Chadwick Boseman. Uh, it was announced Friday night, August 28th, that Boseman had been diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer in 2016, and for the last four years, it had progressed to stage 4. Um, I don't know about you guys, this actually hit me surprisingly hard, and probably because it was just surprising, shocking suddenly realizing from the post that he had been dealing with this disease privately while making all of these blockbuster movies for the last four years, probably even before that. Um, so I, I still feel like it's not real to me. I think just cause we've seen a lot of posts about him recently, it still feels like he's still around. So I, I like, I, it probably won't hit me until some of the other Marvel movies finally start to come out and he's just not there. Um, 
So I don't know, just kind of going around the table, I guess. How did you guys react when you heard the news? Uh, we'll start with Josh. Yeah, I think the same. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's like weighing the difference. Like, uh, it, is there really a reason that we should be impacted by, you know, generic celebrity A's death? And is it like, how much are we projecting of, of things? How much do we think we're connected to them more than, you know, the universe really is sort of thing? Um, the last time I had sort of a, a moved reaction to a celebrity dying, I think, was Alan Rickman. Yeah, I um, can see that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. But this this was a different type. And I think for a lot of the, the things that have been said about him since Friday night, which was, no, I mean, number one, the guy was 42, 43 years old. But I, you tell me he's 27 and I would have believed it. Yeah. Um, he was just on the rise of his career. Um, he played a character who was a seminal, possible cultural changing thing for, you know, a, a moment in the zeitgeist for an entire race, uh, particularly in America. Um, he also actually seemed to not be an asshole. And, you know, all, all the stories coming out over the weekend of the, you know, the visits to St. Jude's to visit kids dealing with cancer as he himself is dying of cancer. Like, all those all those things uh you know put put together rolled up and yeah it seems a little bit different just trying to process the person and just sort of like wow that's a shining star that just like got came out of nowhere and then just extinguished immediately and, and i think the fact that his private life you know it was nobody knew yeah it was not known whatsoever that he that anything was wrong with him um, so that just that that came out of, uh, out of the blackness even more. Yeah, I think that's that. Yeah, because I I had somebody text me. I was just hanging around Friday night. Someone said, "Do you hear Chad, Chadwick Boseman died?" And I was like, "What?" Like for a second, you hear the name, and I'm like, "Why do I know that?" And it like he wouldn't even have been on my radar for someone that would just suddenly die because right he's so young and and you wouldn't he looked you know for as far as we could tell healthy had everything together and everything was going fine. And so I think that was, yeah, much more of a, like a gut punch, I think for me, just when it finally set in, like, wait, it's him, Black Panther. Seriously? Jesus. Um, Andy, how did you react when you heard? Um, well, you were the one that actually, uh, <laughs> told me about it. I got a text from you Friday night and I was like, what the fuck? Are you serious? And then I went on to Twitter. I don't know. Cause usually you know, people tend to react on Twitter and yeah. I started seeing all the videos of him visiting, you know, the children's cancer ward and, and just, man, like it really hits you when you see like all the good stuff that he was doing and he had this, this, I'm, I'm assuming is like an indescribable inner pain, like physically and emotionally, because he knew that, you know, he was losing this battle. And to me, that's, that's heroic to, to be such an icon and to, and to, you know, just, I don't know. It just, it, it, it really hit me. Uh, the emotions were bubbling pretty good there on Friday. So. Yeah, I think my my first reaction after hearing it too was like I need to watch something with him in it. I wanted to watch Endgame, I wanted to watch Infinity War, I wanted to watch Black Panther. 
and I'm still not at the point. I feel it still feels a little bit too fresh for me for some reason. I don't think I can I can get to that point to want to watch anything yet without just feeling like a complete wreck. And the the one scene that always comes back to me is like thinking of the end, like and the climax of Endgame. He is the first one that comes through that portal, the portal and that scene yep. wrecks me yep. as it is. If I watch that today, I will be bawling for a straight thirty minutes. Um, we'll swing around to Mike. Uh, how do you how do you feel when you heard the news? I mean, it was just shock that somebody that age would die of something like cancer that you don't know about, that somebody that looked so healthy, so young, vibrant. Um, you know, when you first heard that he died, I figured, I mean, this has to be a plane crash, a car crash. Right. So, yeah. You know, something along those lines. And then the story about how it happened becomes clear because, you know, you, you're not, you know, reading the article about it. When you find out, it's it's something that somebody tells you. I don't even know who it was that mentioned it to me. I mean, I think once I heard, once my buddy texted me, like Andy did, I went to Twitter, and like one of the first things right. I saw on Twitter was Chadwick Boseman's Twitter account officially posting about it, and I found that and just started sending it to everybody. Yeah, it it, it was, it, yeah, just kind of a shock. I mean. Nothing I could say more than what Josh and Andy have already really said. Yeah. Just shocking and a shame to see somebody die young. Um, Ian, I know you don't have as much connection to him as we do, because I think you, you're still getting your way through the MCU, so I don't think you've got to his movies yet. Um, But how did, how did you react, I guess? I guess it's always weird. Like, death, everyone deals with it vastly different ways, and even more so with celebrity death, because there's varying levels of interest with the celebrity of people that idolize him like children adult men in their 40s idolizing this man you have other people that are only upset because he's not going to create anymore so there's this vast difference i think in how people feel about it and it's always the weird thing to just see that live reaction happen be it on twitter or other social media because it, it makes you feel weird because it makes it like a spectacle almost and it's it's been one of the weirdest things i think about us in the social media age is celebrity death and all the ways people react like just sending out these videos just like because they need to get the retweets it's it's a very weird thing and he did a lot of great things and it's just it, it, it's tough in that sense like to see people i guess try to propagate off it almost yeah and it's, it's just it's how it is now with celebrity deaths in general even your friends to death like people do the same shit and you're like it, it, it's tough yeah to say the least. Yeah, it'll definitely be difficult, uh, I think, moving forward. Um, yeah, I don't really even know how to, like, segue into all the fun stuff after this, but we at least wanted to touch on it. It's, it's, I'm sure it's on everybody's mind. It's on our minds, obviously. Um, yeah, just, you know, thoughts and prayers to the family. Wish them well. It's not a yeah. fun I, thing I, to talk I, about. It's not, but I, I think the way you honor someone who does good and someone who is an artist and a creator is to do, do t two things, at least at least one, but t two things if you can. Make your own art of any kind, to any degree, even if no one ever sees it, no one ever buys it. If it sucks, who cares? Just try to make, you know, the opposite of destruction and death is creation. And then just consume that artist's body of work. 
yeah, it'll it's be out fun there. to see. It's accessible. Go, go, go find it. Fun to see some of his movies start to shoot up like the, the iTunes charts or something like that for people downloading and buying and watching. But like I know ABC, ABC, I think just played Black Panther last night with a tribute to Bozeman afterwards. So that was cool to see. And it, the only other one, like I was trying to, I was telling Ian, I think we were texting back and forth. Um, Cause I think him and I were sort of talking like if he should just skip ahead to Black Panther, just to watch something with him in it. Um, we had talked about like civil, you know, his first appearances in civil war, but civil war has a much more backstory leading up to it. So it's, it's not something you just skip to black Panther, I think could largely be seen by itself. Um, but when I was talking to Ian, I said, the only other movie that I'd seen Bozeman in was, um, get up on it, which was the, the James Brown biopic. He is fucking mm-hmm. phenomenal in that movie. So I would highly recommend checking that out. If you have not also. Yeah, the other one we haven't got to, he seems like right before his career broke, he found this niche of playing iconic black characters or or direct African-American immigrants, all those things um, in biopics. Yeah. Start, start, starting with Jackie Robinson, uh, then James Brown. Uh, right about the same time he's doing Civil War, he does uh, a movie about Thurgood Marshall. Um, so not only being so well known for for catapulting to this iconic image and role of a you know comic book African king, but literally portraying these real historical figures of immense significance as well. Yeah, Andy, were you gonna say something? Oh, I was gonna mention the uh, the Jackie Robinson biopic. That's all. Did you see that did, one? Uh, yeah, did anyone I, see anything of these? I did not see it, but I wanted to see it because I mean. It looked like Chadwick Boseman was going to do a good job, and Harrison Ford was in it as well. And um, oh, that's Batman. right. So, but I have not had a chance to see it yet. But I, I might have to do one of those, like, I don't know, Chadwick Boseman weekends or something. <laughs> Now's the time. Sounds like sounds like a yeah, great, great, great way to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's where we'll, we'll sort of wrap up with that one. Uh, rest in power King and Wakanda forever. And we'll move on. Um, as I said on one of our other most recent episodes, I wanted to do something for DC fandom. Um, I tried to watch most of the content that was there and I was trying to keep up and post all the trailers reveals when I saw them. The event itself I thought was actually pretty good. I just kind of had it on in the background as I was doing stuff on the computer and, Considering it's like an eight-hour block, granted they're all pre-recorded, but an eight-hour block of you know quote-unquote live panels, um, I thought it went off pretty seamless. There wasn't really any technical issues that I had seen. Um, it just kept going from one to the next. If you didn't like it, you could just tune out for twenty-five minutes, half hour, and then just come back in for the next one. I I actually would love to see more people do events like this. If this is our how we're stuck for the foreseeable future. I'd love to see more stuff like this. Cause I think, I think Warner brothers nailed it. Um, so I, I think my personal preference for it would have been something where, since they were pre-recorded panels, like you had said, they had the option to choose which panel you wanted to watch and when, as opposed to it being a live cycle and having to be there at that time for that specific panel. I would have preferred to be able to walk through their virtual hall and choose a panel which is one thing i thought they we i thought i remember talking about that for the when they were teasing all this stuff was like you'd be able to watch walk through this virtual convention hall which they didn't really have that 
You go to the website, it's just the video playing, and that's it. You're not walking through anything, you're not choosing different rooms to go to. It was just like whatever was the main room, their Hall H was just playing yeah. the, the feed, and that was it. And there was a lot of other stuff that I think, you know, they had the other separate rooms that I was like, oh, okay, so if there's a panel I'm not going, I'm not really interested in for the main hall, I'll go to one of, the, one of these other tabs and go to the watch verse and watch another panel that had been pre-recorded. But all that stuff suddenly got dated for sometime in September. Nothing else was there except the main hall stuff. So I don't know if they changed the plan last minute or if that was just not communicated clearly enough. So that I guess that part was a little bit sketchy. Um, but as far as just like tuning into the website to watch the video, everything I thought worked pretty well. Um, so some of the panels they had, uh, we got trailers for Wonder Woman 1984. We got a character reveal video and behind the scenes video for James Gunn's Suicide Squad. We got an announcement of WB Montreal making a Gotham Knights game. We got a teaser trailer for Rocksteady's Suicide Squad game. So yeah, there's plenty of stuff that came out of the show that's probably worth talking about. Um, we just kind of narrowed it down to two topics. One of them being something that probably would have been my first pick as the panel that would have steal, you know, I that I would have predicted would steal the show, which is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, the second topic uh, that we're going to talk about is the one that, for me, in fact, did steal the show, and one that I really can't stop thinking about, and that's for the Batman. Um. Now, again, I know I was the one that sort of watched all this stuff. Did anybody else kind of tune in that day to watch any of the panels, or no? I did not. I literally watched it on the show. <laughs> the trailer, yes. We we did show Andy the trailer right before this. I was watching a, some of it live. I looked at a schedule and tried to catch the things that interested me. Yeah. Um. So I did catch the Suicide Squad thing live. Um. The games, I was able to catch the live reveals for them. Um. And... The Batman trailer I did not catch live. Okay. But the uh, Snyder Cut thing I did. Ian, did you tune in for your close personal friend Zack Snyder's panel? That's the only thing I watched live. <laughs> okay. I had a reminder set and I tuned in. Fair enough. Um, I and guess... I was very upset with it, but we'll get to it. <laughs> well, just from the, the little bit that I guess you guys tuned in, what did you think of the, the fandom, how they presented it? I mean, I, I think there was a lot of things cut from how we thought it was going to be, but I think I was fine with that because it meant it worked. Yeah. Like, the site yeah. just worked, so I'm kind of fine with them. Not being my vision of the fandom. <laughs> fandom. But, like, it, it worked, so yay. You know, like, it it didn't crash. And that's what I was expecting. Yeah. Like, for, you know, you say there's 24 hours to watch this. This is pretty much all we're going to put on the site is these panels. You figure if anybody interested in that I, I assumed the site was going to crash at some point or another just from traffic everybody going to one spot to watch all of this stuff but it didn't it kept working so kudos to them for <laughs> keeping that together I think they made a good choice in that regard by not including some kind of chat yes the way like a twitch stream would or something like yeah. that there was no chat there was none of that it was just here's the video watch it but they did have the weird thing on the side that was like the social media reactions or whatever the hell it was. Which have to up. be probably like screened. Like they're not going to put well, every that's social media. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and it, But it was weird to have it there at all. You know what I mean? Like if you're not going to have a chat, but you're going to screen the social media reactions and throw them in, I was just kind of like, eh. I mean, I feel like that's probably the best middle ground, right? Like let show people that people are watching and reacting to this, but you're not letting all the crappiness that's the internet seep through right. so that everyone can see it. 
Well, see, the point of that wasn't, like, for you to see it. It was to incentivize you to use the hashtag and tweet about it. So it oh, fair. It. Yeah. Yeah. It, it. I don't know. I could have done without it. I would have preferred none of that. You know what I mean? Just show me the panel. Yeah. As well, though I was sitting in the room, you know. Using your ad blocker, you can block that element. You <laughs> never see it. Well, having not tuned in, one thing that hearing afterward how it was really going to be structured is maybe one of the reasons that they didn't make it like an a la carte navigate yourself go to where you want maybe that was a way to control the the traffic right if you had if you had too many people flooding wonder woman at one time too many people flooding just one area one time then you might get into bandwidth issues and, and crashes now, that said, I do wish that they would have, and I know they ran it for like the weekend afterward, but it seemed to be in the same thing. It just ran in the same succession as a repeat. Yeah. It, after the initial event, you still, like, I, I, you couldn't go to the fandom website like four days later to rewatch whichever sections you wanted to. At that point, it probably would have been completely safe and, and not, a, you know, as much of a traffic risk. Um, so maybe it's like a lesson learned. Maybe they'll do that next time i know i would have appreciated that well i guess i kind of get that part is like the whole thing of like going to a comic-con event like that is to be there when they debut said thing sure so this is the best alternative if everyone is stuck at home it's like you still have to tune in so you're quote-unquote there when this live thing is debuted for like you know it's only supposed to be for you kind of thing that's the whole whole incentive of going to the comic-con stuff if you want exclusive stuff you go there to see exclusive stuff um i wasn't sure if they would actually post the trailers and stuff on youtube and stuff after they debuted which they did which is the smarter move because it's all going to get bootlegged and put up there anyway so why not officially release it so you are still getting that traffic so to me that makes sense and i was actually surprised that they actually did go through with that um because I thought for sure, it, like Josh was saying, like two two days later, all that stuff would be gone from the website. You wouldn't be able to see it, and if you missed it, you missed it. That would be it. They'd have to try to make you work for it, I guess. But, um, so yeah, we're gonna dive into some of these trailers. Um, I actually want to start with Andy for, or actually, sorry, sorry, I missed my little my intro for the Snyder Cut stuff. So we're gonna start with the Snyder Cut stuff. Um, in the panel, Zack Snyder was answering questions, talked to a few people that helped with the Snyder Cut movement. Um, there weren't a lot of details shared. We did get a confirmation from Zach that it is a four-hour cut of Justice League. Their plan is to present it in four-hour four... movie. Yeah. Well, their plan is to do four one-hour episodes. Oh, um, hell. I, I think he did mention that they were going to try to do a four-hour cut at some point after the fact, but coming out, it's going to be four one-hour pieces. Um, and then they gave us the trailer. So, as far as I could tell, almost the entire trailer was new footage, stuff that hasn't been in, th in the theatrical version of Justice League, but I did want to start very with... little that I recognize. Okay, yeah. I did want to start with Andy because he actually hasn't seen the theatrical cut of Justice League yet, so having just watched the trailer for this, what did you think? Um, I'm excited for it, actually. It, it looks like everything I was sort of hoping that Batman versus Superman could be, I suppose. Okay. Um, it's 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 a direct sequel to that, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in no. BVS, you know, Superman goes down, so it's like how how they deal with the spoilers. fallout with that. Yeah, I thought about <laughs> putting the spoiler warning up, but 
four and a half I years old. Okay. Too late. I think well, okay. well, you got to. Sp- it is a cinematic masterpiece. You got to put a spoiler. Warning. <laughs> I'll bleep it out. If if it's such a masterpiece, then we can presume that enough people have seen it already. <laughs> oh, touche. Well, I mean, I don't say the same thing about like the originals. Um, what's that movie called? Miracle on like Thirty Fourth Street. Don't know how many people have seen that. It's a cinematic classic. But I, I still wouldn't spoil it. <laughs> so, we'll we'll decide if I if I if I, if I yeah if I if I somehow edit that out in in post production. You won't probably uh, not. Well, Andy, like, do I? I guess it's for like everybody. Then, like, should Andy watch? the regular version of Justice League first or not? No. Like, I don't know if it no, matters no. yet, but I mean, it matters. only if you want to compare the two. And I, right. think, I think... Only for that reason. Yeah, I think for comparison's sake, yes. But if you just want to experience what it was meant to be the first time, go with the Snyder Cut. I'm going to see them both at the same time, but I'm going to do something different. I'm going to watch wait. the Wait, wait, you're going to watch them both at the same time? Like No, not the same time. I, I want to watch them... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, two screens, just <laughs> back forth, back forth. Ten back minutes forth. here, ten minutes there. <laughs> um, but I think I'm going to watch the Snyder Cut first, Okay. see what I think of that, and then go back and watch the uh, theatrical cut. Okay. You'll be one of the few that got the chance to do that. Yeah. I, that's why I kind of want to do it. Uh, well, maybe not, because Justice League did not make that much money. Well, so there's, there's a, a few lot people, of people who truly care. The few people who truly care have all seen the, the the Justice League cut from Whedon, and they're like, "Sure, we want something else." Yeah, that's, that's you know. Fair. Otherwise, they wouldn't know that they want something that's else. Sense. They wouldn't have seen it. So good point. You know. Uh, yeah, I, I would say I only recognized like snippets, like moments here well, and there can... from the from the theatrical cut in the trailer. Um, but what blew me away was if they had. Even if they even had this much footage to pull from, like as as far as I know, they have not begun to shoot any of the new stuff. They're not shooting so, any new stuff. The only I, thing they were working on was I know ADR. We had this discussion before. I I okay. They're they're bringing actors back to re-record lines, and they're finishing post production. As far as I know, that's the only thing they're doing. They are not getting anybody back to reshoot anything. Okay. Okay, so even if that's the case, then if they had this much material sitting there waiting to be used, polished, whatever it is, and it was, you know, two dozen different scenes that didn't look familiar at all, that I couldn't even tell you what was happening in those moments, then that tells me that, yeah, he made, like, he got a lot more done before he left than I previously had the impression of. Yeah. As far as I thought, I thought the movie was like done, but not edited. Like they were done shooting. They had all the footage. Everything was done, but they just hadn't edited the movie. I thought what sort of happened was they, they finished principal photography or were very, very close to it. And then Zach left. They had, they had reshoots scheduled, which what you know when Joss came in, they had to rewrite a bunch of stuff. So those reshoots became a bigger deal because they were fixing, you know, changing the movie drastically instead of just pickup shots. Right. And then I guess they they must have used the majority of those reshoots, if not all of them, to edit the movie that way. Yeah, I suppose. 
it's I, I i was i was not prepared for the amount of seeming like just the volume of material that was discarded yeah i feel like that's sort of there was i guess i always got that was sort of the mo for like snyder's movies is he just has a lot of footage and his movies are typically pretty long um so it does not surprise me that this ends up being four hours and you know when when BVS came out. If you said we're going to give you a four-hour cut of Justice League, I'd be like, "No, I'm I'm tired of Snyder. I cannot <laughs> this this tone, this Agreed. this style. I'm over it." Four years later, you know, three years later, whatever it is, and now I'm like, "Fuck yeah, four hours, give it to me. I will watch that in a heartbeat. Let's do it." <laughs> well, when you get something like what Joss Whedon put together for Justice League, it kind of makes you want to see something different or better. Yeah, and I I feel like everybody wants to point the finger at Joss, which, you know, a lot of it could no, be his fault, but I, I feel like it's also a lot of studio meddling. I think they they were well, still just trying to catch up to Marvel, and they just wanted to get Justice League out because it was a big team-up hero, save-the-world movie, which Marvel had been doing for eight years before that. Like, it, it, they were so far behind the eight ball when this came out that it just none of it made sense. And it, it really started to show by the time they hit to Justice League. And it's like you realize their whole movie plan is falling apart. Right. And, and I don't mean to blame Joss Whedon for any of it, of course. I mean, it, he, he comes in, he's trying to finish somebody else's movie, you know. And it's not, as far as I know, him and Zack were not in a great deal of communication about exactly what to do with this. Otherwise, I think things might have gone differently because Zack was obviously in not the best place. Um, so, I, I don't mean to blame Joss Whedon, but it is, you know, his in the studio's product that wound up out there. Right. That, you know, it, do I think it's as bad as it gets, you know, the reputation for it? No, I actually don't. I think it was okay. But we weren't looking for okay. And, you know, it, it could have that, been something much better. Yeah, it, it would have been a mediocre movie for 2003. <laughs> and, that's, that's, and that's all it was. It was like that good a quality, and it was not the special thing that I'm sure they wanted it to be. Yeah. Right. Um, and you got something else to add? Like? I was just going to make one remark about um, it, something that concerned me. Was the like I think we talked about it. Andy brought it up. Him using "Hallelujah" in the trailer. Um, he really likes that song. Yes, <laughs> slaps. I'm, I'm, well, I'm saying like it just seems like I'm pretty sure in the long. I, I don't know if it's in the in the theatrical cut of Watchmen or not that he plays the entire song, or if it's just the extended cut, like the director's cut of Watchmen. But it's the entire song is played in the movie, start to finish. And I feel like using it again, I still just think Zack Snyder in this song, it makes me think of that scene from Watchmen, which, if I'm not mistaken, is also naked Malin Ackerman. Um, in that same, when that song's playing, so then that goes through my head, and I'm like, <laughs> god damn it. Um, is, uh, is it the same arrangement of the song yeah. as well? Like, it's the same mm -hmm. exact version Yes. Is it? Okay. It's the exact same song. Uh, yeah, he seems Every to day. enjoy... It, because I, 
I don't think that's I could be wrong. I don't think that's the like original original version from Leonard Cohen. I could be wrong, but if it's not, he really likes taking previous things and I don't say screwing with them per se, <laughs> but um speaking of Watchmen, they did the same thing. I remember at least for the trailers for Watchmen, they took a Smashing Pumpkin song that was written for it was the main soundtrack theme song for batman and robin it's called the end is the beginning is the end <laughs> from that, yes, song. They, that is a they, fantastic song it is one of my favorite pumpkin songs me too and it was wasted on batman and robin oh, yeah. <laughs> i didn't know uh, that's where that came from uh but then they did this like re reorchestration rearrangement of it and in fact when i saw the pumpkins was it like, I don't know, 2015, 2016 on some kind of like greatest hits tour kind of thing they did? We were at that same concert. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That the yeah. Watchmen version is the version that they play now. Like they don't I don't think he if he ever uses it. Like I was surprised they pulled it out at all, but they don't really play the original Batman and Robin version. It's like the Watchmen arrangement is the one they use. But yeah, I guess like Zach has a history of doing that. <laughs> I think the only thing with the the Hallelujah song, it was just kind of like on the nose. Like, okay, we get it. You're getting your movie. That's it's <laughs> fine. Yeah, and your Superman Jesus is is a thing. <laughs> um, Ian, I want to get you in. What did you think of the trailer? It was breathtaking. <laughs> I have been waiting years for this. After that studio a hatchet job that was Justice League, it is finally. Finally time for justice to have been served to the greater populace, and now we get to live in a timeline where a good justice movie exists. The trailer slapped. The music slapped. It moved me so hard. I I felt myself lifting out of my seat as I was watching this (laughs) happen live before me. I was connected to Zach. We were all connected to Zach in one great moment. I could feel him through the screen. It was... Probably my favorite moment of 2020. <laughs> That's fair. I, I feel compelled to ask this, but I think your track record speaks for it. Have you actually seen the theatrical version of Justice League? Yeah, I saw that hatchet job. Okay. <laughs> In theaters. We're still trying to pin, so, pinpoint the movie that Ian has talked about on the show, but never actually seen. <laughs> I, I will... Um. Make it an absolute concession, 100%. Steppenwolf looks way better. See, but we didn't have a comparison in the first film. Well, I guess the Whedon version for Darkseid, right. Darkseid, however you prefer to say it. Um, how, how did you feel about the way he looked, Ian? I would have preferred to use the different costume. He has a couple bangers, but he looked good. I, I believe that... Uh, they aesthetically brought out what I want from Darkseid. I would have preferred some of the classic costumes because I, 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 with this, I wanted Zack to pull out all the stops and tell the studio to fuck off. And I believe it was a studio <laughs> concession that let, let us have one lit Darkseid in the movie. So I really was hoping he was going to put him in a singlet like he's intended. But I, I will take this version. I, Like I said, this, this trailer meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to all the fans, as we saw in the run-up to the trailer. They raised a lot of money for suicide prevention. We talked about that. They had a lot of great people on that were just so happy to meet Zack Snyder, virtually. They didn't even actually get to meet him. <laughs> they connected with him on a Zoom call, and it might have been their favorite moment of 2020. 
you throw your name in the hat for that Zoom call? I am still a little upset that I was not invited. <laughs> I was not put to, in the to running. participate in the forum or like to, to be to part be, of the panel. For someone to call me and that that person is Zack Snyder and then I talk to <laughs> Zack. I don't care if it's filmed. That didn't happen. I was hurt. <laughs> um, do you guys get the impression? I forget when that happened. Originally, Justice League was announced as a two-part movie. And right. I forget. I, 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 and we don't have to do it right now, but at some point, they did officially then say, never mind, it's only going to be one piece. But I wonder if that ended up correlating with Zach having to leave the project, because I don't think that became public right away. Um, so I wonder, like, yeah, if that was the reason that it went from a two-part movie down to one, and then the Joss Whedon version of what we got. So I, I wonder, is this... I wonder if we will find out eventually, is this four-hour piece we're getting just what we otherwise would have got out of Zack Snyder's one and only Justice League that we would have maybe gotten, or had that movie stayed as two pieces, is a lot of that material, you know, encompassed in, in, in there as well? I My I gut reaction we'll is to say it's, it's probably both pieces as one four-hour cut. If I'm trying to remember offhand, because uh, without doing the research or, or trying to research, uh, check it out again to see what the timeline of events is. But I know, like, I mean, you could go back to B BVS. BVS was like a two and a half hour movie. The ultimate edition is like an extra 45 minutes of, of film in there, which is mm -hmm. a, a definitely a superior cut. The movie works better longer. Um, but it wasn't perceived. The theatrical cut wasn't perceived very well in the theater. So Warner Brothers is trying to pivot. And I think one of their mandates was we want something two hours. They they don't want long movies. So either coming from two to one movie, maybe it was like, okay, Zach, we're going to give you one movie. And maybe he had some leeway to make it three hours or something. And then, I'll, you know, when he had to leave, at that point, Whedon came in and they're saying, nope, two hours. That's it. You get two hours. That movie is like 201 or right under two hours. The Whedon's yeah. cut of Justice League is like two hours, two AT. So I think there's just a lot of like trying to react to what the market was doing and how people were reacting to the movies, like just from a box office standpoint. And they're trying to course correct on the fly for the next one. But the problem is they're already in production of the next one when they're trying to course correct. So it fucks up everything. And to be fair, it's not like BVS did bad. No. Like box office wise, it crushed it. But again, I think they're comparing to Marvel numbers. They want Marvel numbers. They wanted Justice League to hit two, you know, a billion dollars or something, which it did not. So then they needed to put more total time and investment for the audience to over time, as opposed to here's Man of Steel, here's BVS. Right. This is. I mean, they put out two movies instead of six. Yeah, and I completely agree. It's, you know, they rushed it for sure. Just the build up is going to get more people in the theater. And I'm but I think even... with that though, those are established characters at that point. I don't need another Batman origin story. No, but they could have. Batman and I Superman think what you're going to see here. You throw yeah, yeah, Batman well, and Wonder Woman about, just The Flash, two. Wonder Woman, that all could have came before. Right. Yes. You know, as opposed to after. No, yeah, but we were talking BVS specifically. Well, I was thinking. Yeah, but I'm talking like it, that all could have came before that, too. Yeah, I guess specifically just for Justice like they, League, they like could having have the solo movies before Justice League. Like, that would be your Avengers style yeah. team up. They had six movies or five movies before that movie. Marvel did. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I don't know if DC just didn't want to look like we were trying to copy Marvel's plan, but Marvel's plan has proven to work, so there's worse things to copy. I mean, at the same time, didn't BVS end up like a billion profit? Uh, like, I mean, it was like, if I remember numbers. correctly, it was like a 1.3 billion. Like, it did some, like, really, really good numbers. It just didn't quite reach Avenger status. I don't know if BVS crossed a billion. It did not. Are you looking at the numbers, Josh? I'm not, but I will bet my reputation this week. Okay, yeah, worldwide. It did not. 873 million. 873 million. Okay. BBS. That's still half a billion. Yeah. That's half a billion in profits. I mean, I feel like they could have put the effort in and said, maybe if we put do more of these things in a different way, we can make even more money. Yeah, and by um, all but... You know, the the way it should work was that the, the box office should go up after BVS. It went down by, like, $200 million. Justice League ended well, with but... 681 That's what happens when you release a studio hatchet, John. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I think what I was gonna say about, like, the idea of was it gonna be two movies or one, I, was it always supposed to be, like part one, part two, or was it going to be like Justice League one and then Justice League two? I thought the initial the timeline, whatever they announced, it was like the whatever event that they announced their like first ambitious timeline that included the Flash in 2017 and the Green Lantern Corps, like they laid it out. I thought it said part one and part two. I mean, that sounds and not, familiar. And not I feel one like I and two. Too. Okay. I just wanted to say, because I feel like, if anything, Zach probably would have been going towards two movies that were two and a half to three hours long. Right. Yeah. That Wh whether that be, you know, part one or part two, and I guess we'll find out whether he had filmed everything or not when we see if this has an abrupt ending that seems like it's leading to something else, or if it has a full story and ending. Yeah. We won't know till we actually see this movie. I mean, because if he was meaning for two parts, this won't end on a wrapped up story unless they shoot something new. Well, as it is right now, Justice League kind of and like the end credits for Justice League leaves on a cliffhanger that goes nowhere. So, well, yeah, but <laughs> I, I think at that point they were like, "This movie is going to make money," and then I, I honestly think they were genuinely surprised that it didn't do better. Oh, I'm sure. I don't know how yeah. they could be genuinely surprised by that, but I think they were. They thought like, "Oh, we're definitely going to make a second one of these." And maybe, you know, Ian gets his dream come true and they continue with Zack Snyder after the, the you know, this cut makes it to HBO Max. Maybe the reaction to it is good enough that they can use it as a stepping off point I would actually, for the future of the DCEU. Honestly, I'd love that. If if, if if I hope it is good enough. The, at the fandom, they had multiple panels referring to their multiverse of universe, like their movie multiverse. So they are completely fine having these one-off stories and a mm -hmm. shared universe like Zack Snyder's universe going concurrently. Like they're leaning into that now. So there was no reason well, why they should just cut ties with this and say this one didn't work, we're done with it. If this does get that much... Uh, you know, hype behind it and everybody seems to like it coming into HBO Max next year and stuff. I don't think there's any reason why they couldn't just try to get everybody back and continue that story into something else afterwards. 
Well, didn't they just confirm that Ben Affleck's going to do the Flashpoint thing? Yes, he's going to for... be in the Flash. Flash movie, so, yeah. So you've got Keaton, you've got Ben Affleck. I doubt Val Kilmer's going to be called up for it, but maybe. Yeah. Um, Clooney, Clooney, Clooney. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe get Clooney in there. I mean, it would be funny if they called them up for it, but, you know... I would assume at that point then that they would have Pattinson show up too because, I mean, he's there now doing this stuff. Why wouldn't they include him in some way as well? Well, it depends what the story is for the like. How many Batman are they going to see in that movie? I don't. I don't know how many Batman. True. You, you don't have. There's no reason that you have to bring in everybody. If you're bringing going to bring in two, Affleck's Batman makes sense because that's where Ezra Miller is familiar. That's where he starts that universe well, right, with that yeah, that's... Batman. Yeah, that's the Flash's universe. Yeah, and then just jumping into Keaton's Batman is just a fun nod for all the people that have invested in DC movies over the years. Um, the other ones would be nice cameos, but I don't think they'd be essential to the story or anything like that. So, But again, I'd like to see where it goes. I, well, that, yeah, you I mean, just I, put I, someone in a suit. You don't need Val Kilmer to be on set. True. Just I, make the bat suit have nipples, I, and you're good. That's Clooney's I Batman. A, I don't think you necessarily Oh, that was need, Clooney's? Okay. I don't think you need Kilmer or Clooney specifically because in my mind that arc of batman was the same thing they happened to cast different people but the arc of that okay. story from batman yeah, to alfred batman and robin was the same, was the same thing fair yeah it, well alfred but, and yeah robin taking were like the same. keaton bale and uh affleck and then maybe pattinson if they don't need them to be batman per se i would love it to be if there was some way that they fi- figured out a way to fit Kevin Conroy into the Flash movie. Yeah, you, yeah, you can you can keep Pattinson. Not that I hated him at all, but like I don't need that new of a version just because you can throw Batman. Well, around. I would just give me Kevin Conroy. I would just think they would be putting Pattinson in to connect the universes they're trying to currently create. That's they may to, the best yeah, way to tie do... him into Ezra Miller's Flash and have them interact so they can do it again in the future. I feel like the Good best point. way to do tie in Conroy would be jump to like the Batman Beyond universe and have a young kid in the suit and just have Kevin Conroy's voice in the kid's ear over a speaker. Ah, there you go. You don't have to see him, but you hear that Batman voice in a theatrical movie. Oh, send I fucking that, love it. Uh, send that tweet to Andy M- Muchetti, who's directing the Flash. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anything else we want to touch on for uh, Snyder Cut for the trailer? Anything anything stuck out to you guys from the from the trailer that's worth talking about? I mean, th- there's a lot there that you could break down like every little detail yeah. to it if you wanted to, but it already looks like it's definitely going to be better. Um, I, and I, I guess yeah, I find it hard to try to speculate. Because I, I, I'm assu- I'm assuming I'm going to watch a 90% completely different story. Yeah. And because of that, every moment that I'm showing... Like, the, the one... The biggest significant thing that stood out to me that was not part of the other plan was the black suit Superman. Yeah. Other than that, everything else just looks like a moment. There's, there's two things, That's I it. think, that we didn't get in the theatrical cut of Justice League that are featured seemingly prominently in this trailer a little bit for me that I want to see if they deliver on because that's the stuff that I feel like set up in BVS and went nowhere, which was Dark Side Dark Seeds one. So seeing him in the trailer, I'm already like, fucking yes, let's go. <laughs> and the flash looks to be somewhere. I don't know if those are between dimensions or if that's like in the speed mm-hmm. force or something. 
But there's the whole thing in BVS where he visits Bruce from the future, warning him about what's coming that goes nowhere in Justice League. So if they somehow pay that off, I you've won me over. This is going to be amazing. I, or, yeah, or at least it's another, another stepping stone <laughs> that leads you to the Flash movie. Right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, like it may, needs to be, I, I mean, that may be one of the reasons they greenlit it was because they wanted to make the Flash movie work. And they needed an explanation for what the hell happened there. Somewhere in between to, yeah. And it, was, it, it was just another factor. Just like, this isn't going to make sense. But we can make it make sense if we do this. Yeah. And we, you know, if we have those scenes. And Andy, I'm sorry. I don't know if it's still a spoiler if the if the thing I'm mentioning is not in the movie. Does, it, does that still count as a spoiler? Well, now I know it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> not that you had high but, hopes for this, so, the theatrical cut of Justice League anyway. I mean, I could tell you so, all day so are... things that don't happen in movies. <laughs> uh, is that technically spoiling anything? Maybe. So, so what are your thoughts? Do we get a fight with Darkseid? Yes. Or is it just an appearance by Darkseid? No, I think full on fight. Four hours long, you give me a fucking fight with Darkseid. Yeah. And... I, I just mean, did they have that filmed is what I'm saying. It's Were a they CG planning fight. on that for part two? It's a CG fight. You could, you could he fights and then he leaves. And that's part two is him coming back. Okay. That's what they've been doing in post-production for three years. Yeah. And that's what I saw so much of that that was the explanation I got that part one and part two was supposed to be. Like, the original plan for that two-part movie was one bigger story. I don't know what they planned on having released in between the two release dates, but part one would have been some arc that we saw in the first, uh, like, the theatrical version and that leads you to taking on Steppenwolf. Yeah. And then the conclusion of that is the catalyst that then brings on Darkseid for part two. That is your main thrust of that plot and not knowing if they would you know, reach a conclusion if he is ultimately defeated and it's over right then and there or that could lead to, you know, live to fight another day kind of stuff to yeah. continue the universe or not. But uh, yeah, that said, if, if Darkseid does play a significant role in at least half of the time, then I might have to concede, like, okay, you guys might have missed a beat there. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's all we got for Snyder Cut. We'll move on to the Batman. So this was the panel that ended the event. Um, I honestly wasn't sure if we'd get a trailer for this. Uh, they were talking to Matt Reeves, the director, for the panel. He was talking about the movie. He said they only shot about 25% of the movie before COVID came around and forced them to shut down. So that's not much to work with. Granted, the trailer we got does not feature a lot of special effects shots, um, but this is still very impressive that we even just got a trailer, period. Um, Reeves did give us a few details during the interview. Uh, he talked about this version of Batman is still trying to figure out how to be Batman, at least the version we know. He's in his second year as Batman, uh, still being seen as a vigilante, still trying to figure out how how far he can push the boundaries of being the vigilante. Um, some people still believe he's a myth. It's still one of those things where you're, they're not sure if the Batman is real, if it's just the rumor hearsay through the city. Um, Reeves also cited Chinatown, French Connection, and Taxi Driver as key movies for them. So they're looking at a lot of 70s street-grounded stories. That are also psychological heavy, too. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about the movie on past episodes, uh, like when the cast was announced and stuff, but I'm going to recap the cast for anyone that's 
sort of forgot. Robert Pattinson is Bruce Wayne Batman. Zoe Kravitz, Selena Kyle as Cat and Catwoman. Um, Jeffrey Wright, Commissioner Gordon, Colin Farrell, Oswald Cobblepot as the Penguin. Um, Paul Dano, the Riddler. Andy Serkis is Alfred. John Turturro, Carmine Falcone. Um, the cast is fucking stellar. Uh, so we did find again. We finally got the trailer, a a teaser trailer. They're calling it. Um, so we'll start talking about the trailer. Actually, I wanted to start with Bradley because uh, I think you were the one that was most vocal about your hesitancy for Pattinson as Batman. So I am curious how you feel after seeing the trailer. Um, first and foremost, I'll I'll refer to my hesitance hesitancy, uh for Pattinson as Batman, and that the suit in this trailer did not look like the first suit they showed us. It looked less ridiculous, in my opinion. I think that I, I feel like they changed something. It did not look quite as bad. Um, his Batman voice sucks. He speaks as Batman like one brief line there. I can't remember exactly what he says, I'm but I was like, yeah, yeah. I was just like, Ugh, that doesn't. It's not Batman. He's not. He doesn't have a deep enough voice for me to pull off the Batman voice. It might work on the whole in the movie, but that one line just didn't cut it for me as a Batman voice. Having said that, the whole trailer has me incredibly interested in seeing the movie, and I'm probably not going to watch any further trailers. I'm just going to go see it, because there's a lot to unwrap there, um, but it looks great. Yeah. So far. Okay. Uh, Ian, what did you think of the trailer? I disagree entirely with Bradley. It's Batman Year One, so that Price. voice works. And that line, "I'm vengeance." Is Batman Year One a seventeen-year-old? That line, "I am vengeance," gave me straight goosebumps. The way he delivered it was masterful. It was one of the best line deliveries we've seen in a trailer, I think, in a long time. It it was up there with any of the Zack Snyder master cuts. <laughs> it flowed so well. Like it literally, it, I've seen the trailer three times now. Each time, electrifying. Electrifying. <laughs> the 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 background actor's reaction to him saying that and him beating the shit out of this dude. Electric. This movie's gonna oh, yeah, kick. The rest ass. of that scene was awesome. I and just, so was his line the voice delivery. itself. And so was the his delivery, delivery might be great, but the voice itself is just not there. His voice is immaculate. He looks amazing as Batman <laughs> in and out of costume. And we talked about it in the preview, so people don't know this, but the Batmobile looks kick ass. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That looked really cool. The whole no lies thing, it, it's flowing amazingly well. I'm very happy Don Falcone is in this movie and seems to be playing a very large role in it. it, it it's just setting up to be what a Batman movie should be. And it's I feel like it's not hard to make one. <laughs> There's a lot of source material to work with. So can I pose a question to everybody? Sure. Is this a mix of Riddler and Hush? Uh, yeah, I've I've seen that comparison, or I've seen people talking about that. I think on the internet, just because of the the way his face is like taped up and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they'll that, do that, but. Well, I mean, you could do like the hush twist, which spoiler, I won't get into what that is, but have the hush twist be the same. The backstory of Hush be tied to the Riddler. Uh, okay, so it's just that person instead of Edward Nigma. Yeah. Okay. Or I guess you could still call him Edward Nigma and still be 
Yeah, it, it's still, the Either story way. still works. Yeah. It's yeah, the name isn't important, but have that have the story of Hush and then kind of that look for the Riddler mimicking Hush a little bit. Okay. Uh, yeah, actually, that might actually be kind of cool. It. I had to have someone else explain to me. Well, like I heard it in a different discussion that that was the Riddler. I didn't fully get it. I, yeah, I, I'm, like I'm we know Paul Dano is playing the Riddler, but you don't, you never see his face because it's covered the whole time, so right? You and can't it's, even it's, associate that. That's the Riddler, right? And it's but you can make a, the voice out though. Does he talk? Mm-hmm. He's the one. Well, I think, I mean, voicing but not, not the, like over the not trailer. being in, in that moment, not being prepared, thinking I should be listening for Paul Dano. I no, didn't yeah. figure that. Like, okay. and it, it's okay. It's like a completely you know beyond one eighty version of creating a visual for someone like the Riddler than we've ever seen before. Um, so like I said, I just was not prepared for that to be like, that's what I was looking at in that moment. See, so, I don't yeah. know who Paul Dano is and I didn't know that they had cast a Riddler <laughs> in this movie. I just assumed Riddler was going to be in it after watching the trailer. I was surprised when he said, Oh yeah, they casted Riddler. I'm like, Oh, I was right. It is the Riddler. Yeah. Mm. Um, I was actually watching, there was a podcast uh, that I was just watching recently that had uh, voice actor Troy Baker on it, and they were talking about the the Batman trailer. Something he said that has now suddenly stuck with me is that the opening of the trailer, the person that has the duct-taped face and has, like, you lied marker over the the tape, he was like, I'm going to make a prediction, Uh, that's Alfred. I thought thought that too, because he's got, like, the little suit on and stuff. I assume that mm-hmm. was Alfred. Considering, like, you get a couple lines from Alfred, but you never actually see Alfred in the trailer. So, there's, so yeah, the more I was thinking about it, I was like, ooh, that might be true. And maybe that's why Andy Serkis got cast, because Alfred is going to be rather maimed by something. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, you know. Um, we'll spin around to Andy. Andy, what would you think of the trailer? Uh, I, I really liked it actually. I, I liked the, the tone of the trailer. Uh, I liked the, the dark tone of it. Um, I liked all the reds. <laughs> 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 um, you know, I, I was sort of with Mike, with the casting of Pattinson. I was just like, damn it, the Twilight dude. Like, really? Considering right when we started the trailer, you're like, okay, let me see Sparkly Batman or something yeah. to that effect. Yeah, it's like, is he sparkling? I gotta know. <laughs> um, But actually, it he looked pretty good. Um, I'm not... I'm not sold on him as Bruce Wayne yet. Uh, just in the, the couple of scenes where he shoves... He, like, shoves a kid to the side when a car comes by or something like that. Yeah. Um... And you see him sort of looking around, but uh, I didn't mind his Batman voice at all. I I, I thought it was less ridiculous than um, Christian Bale's Batman voice. So, yeah, Bale went over the top. Yeah, yeah, it was. I don't know what the hell he was doing there. I'd love those movies, but yeah, every time he talks, I'm like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm in. I'm like full tilt. Like go to the theater opening weekend to see this. You gonna stay away from any more trailers, or are you gonna watch check anything else out between now and then? Being that the trailer we saw only had one fourth of the movie being filmed, and that's what we got, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, like I feel like we got a whole movie's worth of trailer with a fourth of a trailer <laughs> with a fourth <laughs> of a movie. You know, 
My only thing is, um, I hope it doesn't uh, suffer from the same problem that some other superhero movies have suffered from, namely Batman and Robin and Spider-Man 3, um, the too many villains problem. Where you spread all of this story over too many villains. And, and the casting has got me a little uh, uh, worried about the too many villain, villains problem. Yeah, I'm kind of hoping that they... Like, I thought maybe... I think it was in the interview when, on the panel. I thought Reeves had mentioned that like a lot of the villains or other, other side characters like that, they're all sort of starting out also. Like, it's early stages for Catwoman and Riddler and Penguin and whoever else is in the movie. Um, I'm kind of hoping that they're going into this with a trilogy in mind. So you sort of see these characters peripherally, and but the focus is the Riddler. And by the end of the movie, if they, we get movie number two, then you can really dive into the other characters that were peripherally in this one, but not really the focus. Like, I'd like to yeah, see like the you, arc for everybody over them. three movies, yeah. Like, Cobblepot's there, but right. he's not the Penguin yet. He's just there. Which, you know Feral I mean? you, is you like... You meet him in some instance. He is in the trailer. He is unrecognizable. As the fucking penguin in that trailer, that was some Wait, another thing. Someone else that was the penguin. I've the first yes. like three times I watched it, I was like, "Where the fuck did Clive Owen come from, and why is he in this movie and not on the cast list?" That's fucking Colin Farrell. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch again and be like, "Wow," because I thought they, I like honestly, I thought that was um the detective, the shitty detective that they were trying to portray with that. And is it like um, Harvey, whatever? Oh, Dent. no, Bullock, or yeah, Bullock, yeah, yeah Bullock, Bullock, yeah. I thought that's what they were trying to portray there, and it like it didn't occur to me that, at all that that was Colin Farrell. Yeah, yeah. So I'm if, gonna have to if, rewatch. If he is correctly identified, uh, if you go to the IMDb page and they have the still shots of well, not just the trailer, but just like any production photos. Now with the trailer out, they have a ton that are still shots from the trailer. Click through those to see like the mm-hmm. moment that he's identified at least, and then watch through the trailer and look at even. This time around, I had to do the same thing. If you, number one, if you don't know where he appears, you'll miss him. And even when you do see it, it is literally like a one second shot. It's so quick that he comes and goes in the trailer. Okay. Um, but yeah, same thing with Brian. Like he, he, I'm looking at the picture right now that I'm thinking of with the thing that says Colin Farrell in the Batman. I'm like, there's the one no the way that's Colin Farrell. Picture of him in the rain. Yes. Yeah, okay. Like, it does not... I'm looking right at it. It, it, I can't see him. The prosthetics are... I'm assuming prosthetics are so freaking good. I don't recall seeing him in the trailer, but I only watched it one time. Can you throw that pic in the chat so I can look at it, if you don't mind? Yeah. I'm still convinced that's Harvey Bullock. (laughs) There's... I think there's that scene, and then later on in the trailer, when someone's driving a car, and he says, like, that guy's crazy. That's Feral driving the car. It's harder to see him in that scene because he's, you know, behind the wheel and the camera's kind of off center and you're looking through the windshield and stuff. But yeah, the one shot in the rain is your only clear shot of Colin Farrell in the movie. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I saw that. And I'm like, Harvey Bullock. If you, I, there's, it, there's which just, you might not there's, be wrong. There's well, no regardless way. of the character he's playing, that I, I'm pretty sure. Like, if you think of, uh, if, if you saw Bombshell, for instance, John Lithgow's makeup as Roger Ailes, you can still definitely see Lithgow, but 
the 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 realistic way that they like added a an entire other person <laughs> on top of him and made it look real is like unnerving. So if if they've gotten to that point with makeup and and especially like face prosthetics and whatnot, like I I I I would not disbelieve that they were able to transform him in that way. Like Christian Bale in in Vice. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean it, it. It's him. It's just. <laughs> I mean, they did wow. an excellent job because he is. Yeah, you're right. He's unrecognizable. Yeah. Uh, Josh, I don't know. I know you're just talking about the trailer, but anything specifically for you that stuck out to the trailer that you liked, or that you want to talk about? Um, I think I Andy beat me to the punch, but that was like my number one sentiment was, I'm. I mean, we're gonna follow my typical thing anymore of like not watching anything beyond one trailer, but for the exact reason he said, if they were able to, as far as I'm concerned, they've given me a sense of what this movie's about. And I'm expecting so far that it will frame around this stuff. If I watch anything else, it's going to come from the other three quarters of the movie that they haven't made yet. So that means if I ignore everything else, there's no way that I won't be surprised what this move, what happens in here. Yeah. If I'm only confining to what they're presenting me so far with what they have available, and that is, he's right, that is like absolutely enough. Like, yeah, ticket ticket buyer day one. Yeah, uh, I agree. For for me, I um a little biased, absolutely, but I was definitely taken with the tone of it right from the beginning. After, um, well, first of all, opening opening it with those ripping duct tape sounds over the like Warner Brothers and the DC logo and whatnot. Um did you guys also have the the reaction the first time you watched it where you thought like was that a mess up on the soundtrack? I thought one like of you guys was, was skipping, farting, honestly. Yes. <laughs> I was like and watching the re- trailer I'm like what the fuck was that? Who's ripping ass? <laughs> <laughs> um and then once you realize what's happening like oh that was a good move. Yeah. Um and then it rips into uh using a Nirvana track as an underlaying sound but it was i think a really good move to use oh random track 12 ending the nevermind album like they didn't pull teen spirit or lithium or heart you know a known released single with a music video from 1993 they just took a random track off an album yeah um was a good move and like if you're good if if the trend of recycling and repurposing now that we're really getting heavy into more more regularly pulling from 90s music to do that like i would prefer they go that way i i like the idea like if people are fans of this otherwise mainstream act fine then like let's not pull the big single that everybody knows at least like for promotional materials trailers that kind of stuff um just pull the random you know, track nine off of some album. Like, I think that's a good move um, because you can, you can hear the sounds. You can hear the voice and, and the combination of the particular instrumentation for that song, along with Cobain's voice was a really good bed to put under the mood that they're trying to give to this trailer. Yeah. But you're, but at the same time, if you don't know the song, you don't know that's Nirvana and you probably, I would venture to guess like, most people don't at this point, maybe of our age group, but a lot of people aren't going to recognize Kurt Cobain's voice. 
um, especially in that song where it's not utilized in the way that people who only know some of the singles are used to hearing it. But that way you're not distracted by the song. You're not yeah. watching a trailer while Teen Spirit plays over it. Right. And you're not listening to Teen Spirit. You're just hearing the music play with the movie. Um, so I think it was a, a good combo there. Um, I, I gotta say, I love the version of Batman that, like Kevin Smith says quite a lot, just punches evil in its stupid face. <laughs> <laughs> like, that that takedown scene, uh, like, I, I remember coming out of uh, BVS, you know, one of the things, like, one of the big call-out scenes of that, I think a lot, a lot of people mentioned is, like, the warehouse scene where Batman breaks in and takes everybody down. And for me, like, it looks good, but half of it, I can't tell if it's actual footage and if it's cropped together with, stitched together with CGI in, in some places or not. The mode of it, the mood it has, the fluidity of the movements, the brutality to some degree, but the, I, I would say the resolve. The Batman in those scenes is resolved. You are the bad guy. I'm going to punch you until you don't get up. <laughs> I'm not going to kill you because I'm Batman. That's not what I do. But I will punch you until you don't get up right now. I mean, that Batman kills people, but... Yeah, he he, he yeah. mowed down a bunch of people in front <laughs> of the warehouse before he got into the warehouse, I'm pretty sure. That is true. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that part. <laughs> but, <laughs> I get, I least, get your, I get your, where you're going with that. But, but yeah. at least in, yeah, in, in the warehouse hand-to-hand -hand combat version, at least. Um, but yeah, I if that's kind of the... the tone like if that's what it would take a vigilante to do like it's you don't you don't achieve the end you want by just like making the guy trip over and somehow yo you tie him up real quick and he like nope you're you're in front of like a dozen and a half people all with weird freakish skeleton joker faces this guy stepped up what are you gonna do you're going to keep punching him until he's not moving <laughs> that's the point of the trailer i think like ian was saying i got goosebumps watching that for the first time like, yeah that the way he just immediately doesn't even hesitate and just starts yeah. beating the shit out of this guy it is quick <laughs> yeah. and immediately you're like okay this batman doesn't fuck around and then when he falls on the ground and continues to kick his ass <laughs> yeah. then you're like this is the batman i haven't seen before and i love it <laughs> yeah. and then you know the the whole question that starts that scene is who are you and it gets to that moment where it pauses, and I'm like, he's going to say, I'm Batman. He's going to say, I'm Batman. It's going to be, I'm Batman. And then he doesn't. And he says, I'm vengeance. And then I'm like, ooh, I like that better. Like, <laughs> And if you know the animated series, like that's the start of the phrase. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. So I don't know if they're going to lead into that whole phrase, but like, any every, that whole thing, just, oh, I fucking love it. Wouldn't it be awesome it, if it there's... was a lot of the visceral squish sounds yeah. too <laughs> when he starts beating the guy on it the seems ground. Seems like he breaks the guy's it... arm and just continues to kick the shit out of him, like he, unrelenting. Like <laughs> I'm wondering if we're gonna get a shot of what that guy looked like after. <laughs> I, I'm because there was mm. Yeah. I I'm uh, Josh made a really good point and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the brawler Batman. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of what um like the Dark Knight did, it was more of like a almost like a ninja Batman. Yeah, you know, I I want to see someone who'll just brawl, just kicking the shit however he can kick the shit out of somebody. You know, <laughs> like that one. He just he just kept punching him, and then I was like, 
Yes. Yes, keep doing it. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> Especially if they take cues from movies like John Wick to mm. have the fights go. Yeah, I mean, maybe not where you see Batman tiring out as much as they show John tiring out, but something where you get the continuous fight shot. And I'm you hoping know, I mean, they put enough work into the battles that you get that. I'm hoping that specific scene was a tease of that because it doesn't cut. Like, it's no. the one shot of him just beating the shit out of somebody. <laughs> so give me more of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, if they could do that, put a fight scene or two like that in there and show Batman really kicking ass like that, it would be cool. They may have to CGI in the cape afterwards, though, because it's really <laughs> tough to actually fight people with a cape on. Yeah. One thing so. I will say too, like the the one thing that I think caught my attention between that scene and there's a there's a quick point of like him facing off with Catwoman for a second. Um mm -hmm. he seems like he can move in the suit, which I think is something that they've they've steadily been getting better at for Batman films. Like Keaton was very stiff, Kilmer and Clooney were stiff. Bale got oh, to yeah. turn his head and can do some stuff, but it's still the fighting seemed very cumbersome. This suit with Pattinson seems like he can move. He can be the reflexes are there. Like he just seems like it's. I, I don't know. I don't have a better uh, word than just quick. Everything just looked quick, which I think I like a lot. Yeah, I never thought I would have said that I liked how Pattinson looked as Batman kicking the shit out of a guy. <laughs> I never thought I would utter those words, but that looked really good and it looked fluid. Like you said, he he had his entire range of movement there. Yeah. Um, I I am digging like the the murder mystery detective vibe of this trailer. I if that carries to the movie, it's gonna be mm -hmm. great. Um, and I think we talked about it. Uh, with the the short reveal of the suit with Pattinson in the suit that we had you know months ago, because we got a tease of what the music was going to sound like, and we get more of that in this trailer. And I, the more I hear this, if that's Batman's theme, oh my god, I, I uh. Why can't it? Gene Kino, Michael Gene Kino fucking nailed it. This, I love this theme song. It still has that little bit of like, I can kind of hear the Imperial March in there, but it is still awesome. And it sets the mood for this trailer too, on top of the, the, the Nirvana track. I, I love everything about it. So did you guys catch the Court of Owls reference? No. I did not, but I've heard this no. mentioned, but I still, I'm not picking it up. So they, the letter he gets from the Riddler. Okay. It, it's it, it's a, it's not a letter. It's a, it's like a Hallmark card kind of thing. Yeah. Right. It's an owl Hallmark card. Ah, uh, okay. And this is the reference they're throwing out, but they zoom right in on the damn thing. They zoom right in on the owl, and it seems like maybe a tease for a future. I really hope they don't try to do a Riddler slash Court of Owls thing in one movie. That would be too much, but a teaser for the future, maybe. Yeah, I'm really hoping. Cool. Like I said, they're planting the seeds for a trilogy of some kind. Because I think Court of Owls would be a good place to do yeah. it. Yeah, sprinkle some stuff in, lead it into the the next couple movies. I think that's the that's a cool way to write a story. Setups yeah. and payoffs. That's what I appreciate. Um, anything else for Batman? Nothing. Um, before oh, we sort uh of. I, oh, go ahead. I just go say ahead. I, I as of now, obviously everything is ever changing in this world, but they have it set up, I believe, for an early October release of next year. 
and just a very different time than we've ever had before to release a Batman movie. And yeah. I mean, the, the, the mood of it, if they're going for a quasi Halloween ish vibe, I mean, it seems to fit um, without it necessarily having to be a horror movie per se, but um, it'll be maybe just a little bit different, you know, not being a summer blockbuster and going into the early fall and thinking, all right, time for Batman. I mean, once stuff starts shooting again, I'm really curious what release schedules will be for the next year because the yeah. amount of stuff that's been delayed that's suddenly going to start coming out again, there's no way that everybody's going to want to release. Well, they might try to, but I think there's no way that they should want to release in like the three or four months of the summer. Like, this is the perfect opportunity. Like, we're all starving for more movies and content. Just spread them out. If it's a good movie, we will fucking go see it. So... Yeah, don't care as don't worry about as much. Like, is this typically us? You know, open to the summer season? Is this right. a fall movie? Who cares? Just put it in theaters. And I think in a in a couple of days you're getting another taste of what you might be able to expect from Marvel on some aspect, depending on how things go through the fall with you know COVID and everything and when things go. But they're talking. It's Mulan is going to Disney Plus, where you have to pay. Right, thirty dollars to watch Mulan on Disney Plus until whenever the date that it would have, you know, been available to rent. Yeah, would have been anyways after release. Um, that to me says they're willing to do that to try and recover the money from Mulan. Will they do that for a Marvel movie like Black Widow? I don't know, but. Uh, you know, are they going to push Black Widow to theaters even if theaters aren't filling up for anything? I also don't know. Well, considering this movie isn't so, due to come out until at least the end of 2021, I they have, we have I, time I, to I, figure this out. Oh, I know. I just meant I think everything getting pushed back could affect some things. But I think if you have a Batman movie, you can stick to your date. If You know, assuming everything moves forward and we're past this whole thing by then. Yeah, it depends on, you know, how much they can work on it's now the Batman. before, you know, because if they only shot 25% Didn't of the movie. Did they start filming again? Did they? Well, I don't wasn't know. Wasn't that something I just read that they started filming again? I, I mean, I know if, certain productions if they did, I think are. It was just recent. Yeah, no, it was just recent. It was like last week mm -hmm. I read that they started filming in the UK again. Okay. Yeah, no one can film here. It's got to be out of the country <laughs> yeah. somewhere. A real well, yeah, so if they're back up and running, maybe maybe they can still hit that release date. We'll, we'll have to see. I'm hoping that just means that they, you know, they did post-production work on what they filmed or at least what they can get through before filming stuff so that when they finally film more stuff, they can just hit the ground running and go and it won't be too bad. That, that's going to be the hardest on an actor like Paul Dano or Colin Farrell doing a, like a heavy, you know, change to become the Riddler, to become Penguin, and having to get back into that mind frame again after they already had once, yeah. and then they had to stop for however long. Yeah, that's what they get, get paid for. There. Oh, I know. It's just I hope we don't notice a difference. Oh, yeah. You know, in the final product, because they filmed a year apart certain scenes. Or they'll just fix up the CGI. <laughs> <laughs> when in doubt, CG it. I, I, I don't mean the way they look. I mean the way that they method, like the method of their acting. Maybe they, you know, d d could Heath Ledger have pulled off what he did with the Joker 
had they filmed some scenes 12 months after they filmed others? Well, would he have been in that same place? Well, no, because it? he would have been six feet under. You know what I'm saying, though, man. I'm not. I'm saying, like, mentally he got into a very bad place, obviously, to become the Joker. Supposedly it affected him in that sense. And well, I think a real actor he, could, can, yes. I think a good actor can get back into a role and doesn't need to do a um, full-on method dive in. I think a good actor can just jump back in and be like, okay, I'm acting again. I really hope none of them have been trying to do true method this entire time and <laughs> just been sitting around their house for six, seven months as the Riddler. <laughs> Paul, Paul Dano has been terrorizing his family. Duct taping people in his free time. <laughs> like maybe not hurting them, but like trying to look for like the smallest little breadcrumbs of what he can find. Like he leaves little, I don't, I don't know if he's married or not, but if he is, lives with somebody or whatever his situation is, but he leaves little riddles all around the house about like what's getting made for dinner that night. <laughs> duct tapes his face every day. <laughs> um, all right, anything else for Batman? Last call. Nothing. All right. Uh, I'm kind of like with these guys. I think I think I've seen this trailer's enough for me. I'm I'm going to try to avoid everything from here on out and just just once this movie is released then we'll we'll talk more about it. In 6 months I'm going to Texas says, "Hey, you want to talk about the new Batman trailer on the podcast?" <laughs> there, I'm I'm going to try my best, but I I reserve the right to change my mind somewhere down the line. I mean, if that's the case, Ian, it might just be me and you. I think everybody else is holding out for the movie. <laughs> I mean, that's how I am with trailers. I only watch them because you're like, hey, you want to come on the show and talk about the trailer? <laughs> like, yeah, I'll watch the trailer, sure. Yeah, keep people in the loop a little bit anyway. Yeah, feel free to turn me down anytime you don't. Like, if you, if you want to stay clean, I totally <laughs> accept that. Josh has done that to me a couple times. Um, all right, so I think that's it for us. Um, wrapping up here, I'm going to actually plug my YouTube and Twitch channels again. Feel free to check me out at Jedi Bry Guy. Uh, the YouTube videos, I don't have a lot there. I'm trying to get to them when I can. Um, Twitch, give me a follow. We've got some stuff coming up on Twitch. Uh, we're going to try to do for the show actually. So sometime next month, hopefully, uh, check us out there. Give us a follow to keep up with it. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, you can leave us a five-star rating and review. Give us a share on social media. You can... Follow, subscribe, keep up with the show. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Google, Stitcher. Hopefully anywhere you listen, you can find us. Um, you can check us out on Facebook. Search Bry Guy and Super Friends or go to facebook.com slash Friends. And you can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. Try to email us, Friends at gmail.com. It's there for show. I won't check it. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at BGSuperFriends. And on behalf of Andy, Ian, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Love you, Simple Nation.